0: Episode 279 – Jesus Heals the Withered Hand and the Spirit of Accusation Exodus 28 Remember the Sabbath to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant, or your livestock, or the sojourner who is within your gates – For in six days the Lord made heaven and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. By the time of Jesus, the rabbis and synagogue leaders defined what this work is you're not to do on the Sabbath, as baking and cooking, traveling, kindling fire, gathering wood, buying and selling, bearing burdens from one domain to another. The rabbis listed 39 major categories of prohibited work, including agricultural activity, plowing and reaping, work entailed in the manufacture of cloth, spinning and weaving, work entailed in preparing documents and writing, and so many other forms of work, even it lists out construction and, and the types of works you can't do. It just continues and continues. Talk about excessive. I mean... This is excessive to the links and extent the rabbis and synagogue leaders went to to define what God didn't define in the first place. In my words, the church leaders at this time, at the time of Jesus, they shouldn't have managed rest. That's the whole purpose of the Sabbath. But most importantly, God defined in Exodus 28, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. That's the command. Keep it holy don't work but most importantly keep it holy the Webster 1828 dictionary defines holy as this hallowed consecrated or set apart to a sacred use or to the service of worship of God a sense frequent in scripture as the holy Sabbath the holy oil the holy vessels a holy nation the holy temple a holy priesthood Jesus hated control the spirit operates in freedom from control and fear. Second Corinthians three seventeen, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Jesus was careful to not upset the religious re- leaders immediately, but in great wisdom, the time was now. He preached and showed power in the synagogues, but I believe this is it. I mean, this I believe is the last time chronologically he'll be allowed in the Galilee synagogues. Now he's gonna get, you know, he's gonna go to Jerusalem. That's a whole other story. In this episode, Jesus will perform a miracle and show true holiness, a move of God, a holy act committed by the God of the universe in the flesh. Two events occur in succession, revealing God's purpose in confronting this head-on. And we'll see Jesus and his disciples in the grain fields, and then we'll see Jesus ministering in a showdown in the synagogue. And the first of these seems pretty harmless, but Jesus' answer just shows how much he loves history. I mean, yes, Jesus loves history. Anyone who pulls obscure stories about King David on the run has to love history, right? Here we go, Matthew 12. At that time, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath. His disciples were hungry, and he began to pick some heads of grain and eat them. And when the Pharisees saw this, they said to him, Look, your disciples are doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath. And so, before we get to Jesus' answer, we got to understand what they are doing. The extreme edges of the fields were to be left for the poor or for the public. And I guess the rubbing of the wheat into an edible portion was considered food prep. Come on, right? Like, how stupid and controlling is this? It's like, a, you know, like, you know, like a, you, you want to make some popcorn on, on the Sabbath, but, you know, to... Put it in the microwave is considered cooking. Like that's just so stupid, right? It's just crazy how controlling this is, and all these rules and regulation. It's like every time you agree to one in this culture in this time, you're agreeing to the spirit of this control. Jesus lets these fools hear it here. Seriously, uh, I was in a church once and have you guys ever experienced control in church I mean it's irritating it's it's crazy and it, it really does not allow the spirit to operate when there's control. When this where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom right? So it's kind of an indication of uh, a church who's more about you know um, status and um, what people and man think uh, than what than what the spirit desires to do in a congregation or a body. And, and we've seen many crazy things over the years. Uh, I was in a church once and the pastor told me I shouldn't pray for someone's healing. I'm on the ministry team. It was weird. Uh, another time we were escorted out of a church by a pastor on Mother's Day. Uh, we were visiting another town uh, for being too noisy with the newborn. <laughs> that was a funny one. How about this one? We were once told we we had to be in a specific home group or mission group in the church, and if we were, we would be closer to God. Now, that, that was a weird one, very almost cultish, like we didn't, we, we definitely didn't stay at that church. There's been many, many more over the years, and it's just crazy how dumb church leaders can be. And um, each time we kindly just found our exit uh, from these churches uh, that we're either visiting or we're seeing if we wanted to stay at, um, and God will always guide you if you pray and you you seek him he will find you a very healthy and blessed place to grow in your christian walk but um that pharisee spirit unfortunately still alive today i think it was jenison franklin he said uh, spirits don't die um so the the same the same things that were out there back then the same problems they just look different today um, so you have to be on the lookout for, you know, control. It's really sickening to think that Jesus's biggest problems, um, what, he obviously was confronting the devil head on, but he was dealing with church leaders over and over. Well, Jesus honestly loves confrontation because he, it, he, as the light of Jesus, he exposes misguided truth. And here we go. Matthew 12 3. He answered, Haven't you read what David did when he and his companions were hungry? He entered the house of God, and he and his companions ate the consecrated bread, which was not lawful for them to do, but only for the priest. Or haven't you read in the law that the priest on the Sabbath duty in the temple desecrate the Sabbath, and yet they are innocent? I tell you that something greater than the temple is here. If you had known what these words mean... I desire mercy, not sacrifice. You would have condemned that. you would have not condemned the innocent, for the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. Jesus just makes so much sense, doesn't he? It's just crazy how practical Jesus is. Mark two twenty seven adds, Then he said to them, The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. On another Sabbath, Jesus goes head to head with stupid religious thinking, and and, and you know don't get me wrong, you know religion is you know perfect religion is care for the orphan and you know and when I when I use the word religion often I don't want anyone to take me wrong but um, generally speaking, um, in this context when I when we speak this way it's taking the Old Testament law uh, to the extreme. Um, And it's being out of step with the Spirit, um, and it's not walking with Jesus, and you can see these religious leaders, these Pharisees, um, they don't worship Jesus. And, And sometimes you wonder, how could they go so far as to, you know, accuse him of things for healing on the Sabbath, or, you know, wanting to actually kill him because he was healing someone on the Sabbath. It's just so bizarre, it's so twisted, it's not logical. Um, but they use these rules and these regulations to try to control him, um, and he knows these rules and regulations are not the Old Testament law. These rules and regulations are man-made, and they're they're the problem. They're the that they are what keeping people um, from truly experiencing um, freedom in Christ. Uh, these rules are a demonic perversion of true faith. They are attaching rules and rules and rules and turning our faith. Into fear of breaking these rules uh, by making it all about work it's a twisting and twisting of what true faith is true faith in God is a relationship with the God of the universe the worship and relationship with the Son of Man and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to fulfill his purpose for us mark 3 another time Jesus went into the synagogue and a man with a shriveled hand was there some of them were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus, so they watched him closely to see if he would heal them on the Sabbath. Matthew twelve ten adds that the religious literally asked Jesus if it was lawful to heal on the Sabbath. Jesus said to the man with the shriveled hand, "Stand up in front of everyone." Just note how direct Jesus is here. Um, he knows it, it's going to trigger a nerve. But he does it anyways never shy of confrontation jesus goes for the jugular mark 3 4 he knows what's going to happen then jesus asked them, what is lawful on the sabbath to do good or to do evil or to save life or to kill but they remained silent he looked around at them in anger and deeply distressed at their stubborn hearts said to the man stretch out your hand he stretched it out and his hand was completely restored then the Pharisees went out and began to plot with the Herodians how they might kill Jesus. I, I mean, it has to blow your mind. I mean, it just has to blow your mind. Jesus healed on the Sabbath, and now they want to kill him. Cause and effect: a healing on Sunday or you know Saturday at this time. Like, do you think about it? You know, Sabbath was on Sun Saturday. He healed on the Sabbath, and now they want to kill him. It's so bizarre. They go so far as they want to just kill him now. You know, like, it's just crazy how demon-possessed some of these. And it's so hard to say it. At this time, they're considered the church leaders that they want to kill him. They weren't really church leaders. Uh, They weren't really pastors. Um, these are political appointees Um, they they're using the synagogue system to control people Um, there have to be exceptions like Nicodemus and others out there Uh, but it's absolutely crazy that they would stoop to such a level I find the implication of the shriveled hand super interesting Uh, where do we have a shriveled hand in the Bible Well, there's a case in the Old Testament when a king wanted to seize a prophet to do him harm. It was Jeroboam and the unnamed prophet from 1 Kings 13. Once the prophet rebuked him for his sin, Jeroboam pointed his finger and said, seize him, and his hand shriveled. And I remember pointing out in an old Message to King episode, maybe five years ago, how it was almost as if a fire or a force of God came from the prophet's hand when it shriveled Jeroboam's hand and then it tore apart the golden calf. Applying the law of first mention, a shriveled hand can have a reference to an accusing spirit, which is a spirit of false judgment. And we apply this logic, now, I don't know anything about the man healed, except he had a shriveled hand, but it does appear to connect. uh, For he is healed. Uh, When he is healed, that accusation, that accusing spirit was looking for another home and found one happily in the Pharisees, For immediately they went to plot with the Herodians, the political leaders. Now we have the religious and political leaders plotting the death of Jesus. Not even a year into his ministry, they want to kill him. And why, you might ask, why would they stoop so low all of a sudden? Their reasoning appears to be the healing on the Sabbath. That's not logical. You know, control, religion, political power. It's out of hand when things are not logical anymore. It's like a instant discernment for the logical that uh, when, when things aren't making sense there's a you know there's something going on uh, there's an issue you you can't just they're not going to just go out and say you're we're going to kill you because you healed on the sabbath now now they have to start looking for things they, they there's there's actually it's strange as it sounds there's now a conspiracy to kill jesus so they're looking for reasons um, it requires discernment to understand uh, why they want to kill Jesus. All of a sudden, it's because they weren't children of God, they weren't believers. They were they were losing control of the people. Uh, they weren't uh, another verse somewhere, and I, and I have to find it. But um, they didn't get baptized by John the Baptist. They weren't prepared for Jesus, and when he comes, they denied him. They are losing control. Their rules weren't working anymore. Jesus was healing people physically, emotionally, and spiritually from the lies of excess religion and the works of the devil. Jesus preaches forgiveness and a relationship with God. And if anyone rejected this and had evil in their hearts, well, anything that follows from them is just human reasoning and excuses to do away with Jesus and his followers because they don't believe in him. They're going to look for legal reasons cultural reasons even financial reasons to go after jesus but they won't catch jesus on anything but blasphemy but who's the judge of blasphemy when they when they're the one denying jesus is god we know the high priest is corrupt and will later prophesy that someone has to actually die for the people but simply put the lines are being drawn jesus and the power behind all good in the universe is walking, doing miracles, and showing outrageous power. Anyone who is not for him, well, they are against him. The lines are drawn, and the enemy would use anything in his power to confront him. They start here with accusation and power plotting to destroy him and stamp out his followers. The only problem is Jesus and his power and his angels would bind any attempt at his life for the next few years. But they they'll get their chance at an appointed time. To conclude this episode, it's important we understand Jesus was not violating the law of God when he healed on the Sabbath. Jesus came to fulfill the law by being the perfect sacrifice. And I say this, um, but he was surely acting against the pharisaical interpretation of the law and against these particular rules. So he's He's obeying God's law, but he's not obeying the pharisaical interpretation of the law. This healing revealed the hypocrisy of the Pharisees. One such human rule stated that, that this is how bad it was for the Pharisees and the, the way they interpreted the law. One rule said that if a button fell off your clothes, you can move things around with your elbow or, or your breath, right? <laughs> blow it, I guess just blow it, but not with your own hand on the Sabbath, or you'll be breaking the Sabbath how stupid right like seriously stupid imagine what a roman thought of such a thing like you know it's a sabbath and a button comes off your shirt and you're not allowed to fix it Uh, but you can you can blow it or you can you can kind of move it around without touching or moving your hand it's just crazy even your elbow you can use it's just so dumb right so jesus knew what he was doing the miracle the moment the opposition it flew in their face and each miracle destroyed a mindset created by them for control of the people the command was to keep it holy this is the commandment keep it simple stupid right keep it holy but don't defile it with institutions religious thinking and heavy-handed religion and control what does this look like to you and me today right not not our bad examples of church or church leaders and you know there's amazing church leaders out there uh, there's amazing pastors um, but there there are many who have fallen into you know the wrong mindsets and uh, they've done things that just kind of drive us crazy but uh, but the Sabbath what does it look like for you um, the requirement is to is to rest the requirement is to keep it holy and um, on Saturday or Sunday, or one day a week, I don't care. Uh, but take a day off. Rest is a requirement of life. Um, God worked for six days and rested on the seventh. Did he have to do that? I don't know, but he did it for our model. This was the reason for the lack of work. Not to be religious on, you know, fastening your button with your elbow and not your hand. Um, do whatever you like on your Sabbath that, that your conscience agrees with. But this is what I do. I stop when something feels like work on a Sunday. I spend time at church and with family. I honestly rest and have no issue with it. And many people wear themselves out. They, they overwork. Um, it can even cause health problems for workaholics. It's a real thing. So rest is required for humans. It's healthy to rest. God himself did it. Go to church on this day. Spend time with family. Take it easy. It's a requirement. And when it feels like work, stop working. Take a vacation here and there. Pace yourself. It's a requirement. Life is a marathon, not a sprint. And if you sprint all the time, you collapse at some point. And most importantly, keep the Sabbath holy. Worship God and love Him. This is the simple crux of the commandment.